Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Specht. Hello! Busy week this week, Derek. I've been everywhere. I didn't get out actually paddling this week. I didn't get anything paddle-wise, water-wise, anything. I moved my canoes, I moved my kayaks out of the way so that I could get stuff because I had honeydew list stuff to do. Now, I'm trying to recollect, but I'm pretty sure... I'm pretty sure... That I haven't paddled a single stroke yet this year. Wow. <laughs> wow. My canoe was still in the storage unit. My paddles are still up in my attic. and You know this is a paddling show, right? I am. It's, it's what we do. It's what we do, right? right? But, but we've covered this many times. I don't do the early season bugs. Bugs are gone. It's not a thing for me. Bugs are gone. <laughs> we ought to get you on some sort of religious show. Well, we are. Because you're not a priest either. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a good idea. <laughs> or, or I'm not how, a priest, but I play one on the well, radio. <laughs> well, o- along the same vein, um, how is my book club going? <laughs> book club is awesome. <laughs> book club has been so good since you're not in it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I buy books, but I don't read them. <laughs> I'm going to talk about your book club later on in the show. Yes. Because your book club... <laughs> A.K.A. my book club <laughs> is heard across the pond. Yes, yes. It is, it is. I am famous. My book club is famous. Yours sucks. <laughs> you may utter what books we read, but I read, review, I, and expound on I the subjects. I talk about the books that I buy, not the ones I read. <laughs> <laughs> Do you see the latest Batman and Superman comic? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, however, this weekend coming, yes. maybe out with the kayaks, the two of us. I hope so, yes. Doing so some shipwreck paddling. Yeah, I'm flying solo this weekend. The wife and kids are off with a, it's a, it's a, it's a mom and kids camping weekend. So a bunch of my wife's um, university friends and they're all the kids, but no husbands are all going camping and and so I'm flying solo, so I guess we should go kayaking. I'm thinking we're going. We are going kayaking to Tobermory. Perfect. Perfect. If you're in the Tobermory area and you see two goofs in kayaks. <laughs> Sean and Derek will be there. That's got to be us. <laughs> you look like two guys that are drowning in a kayak. That's us. Yeah. Join us. Say hi. Wave and say hi. Uh, we did look at a few things, though. I've been with that hot, hot weather we had. Uh, oh. You came across a... New UNESCO World Heritage Site yes. right here in our very own Canada. Yes, and uh, so this this was 16 years in the making. It was brought before the UNESCO committee three times mm-hmm. until finally it was approved. Huzzah! <laughs> Huzzah! So, um, so the newest UNESCO World Heritage Site, it's a uh, boreal forest and it's important to First Nations cultures. So the... <laughs> it's, it's traditional land of four First Nations. Yes. Can you pronounce it? Pimachowin no. Aki? Pimachowin Aki. Pimachowin Aki. Okay. That's pretty Say good. that 10 times real fast. <laughs> I can't we, say it once. We, we talk about these different really cool things on the show, and there's always these words we just guess. <laughs> but according to Google pronunciation, yes, Pimishiyowin Aki. 
Ontario-Manitoba border. Traditional land, four nations, four First Nations. Yes. And so this is, this is, uh, I think this is amazing. And what this does is it enables and preserves and protects this section of the boreal forest, Canadian shield area. Forever. Yes. Which is, well, you say forever, but, you know. Well, yeah, things happen, but it's supposed yeah. to be. Yes. It's supposed to keep going. And that's the theory. And that's yeah. the idea. It's, it's to protect and preserve it. Because it's culturally and ecologically significant and all those things. In Anishinaabe Wowen, it translates to the land that gives. Yes. It's nearly 30,000 square kilometers of boreal forest that encompasses the traditional lands of four Anishinaabe First Nations, as well as Atikaki and South Atikaki Provincial Parks in Manitoba, Woodland Caribou Provincial Parks, and the Eagle Snowshoe Conservation Reserve in Ontario. So this is this is a huge area. It's a huge chunk of land. Massive. Um, Canada currently has eight cultural and ten natural UNESCO World Heritage Sites, but this new one is the country's first mixed site, acknowledged for both cultural and natural significance. And the four First Nations are the Blood Vein River, Little Grand Rapids, Powangasi, and Poplar River. And the, with those four First Nations, in partnership with Ontario, Manitoba provincial governments, yeah, 16 years to get this mm-hmm. designated. So this was a third years. nomination. It was a third nomination. It was the lock. Uh, I do believe Manitoba spent <clears throat> like 15, more than $15 million alone. Oh, just yeah? to get this into hmm. into being, right? And, uh, yeah, so the key programming that will be implemented in this new area, uh, the designation includes safeguarding cultural heritage, conserving and understanding ecosystems and species, supporting sustainable economic and community-based initiatives, developing an in- educational curriculum that is relevant to the communities incorporating traditional teachings and land-based practices for local schools, which is uh, a pretty cool thing. Now, when we, I was up there in the Woodland Caribou doing the Blood Vein River and that, and coming across some of the places where we'd paddle, and you see the rock paintings and, and stuff yep. like that that are like they're thousands of years old. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, it's just cool to see that sort of yeah. stuff. And that's what they're saying. This is all there. Yes. Right. And so now we now it's pretty much guaranteed that it's going to be preserved, protected. Yeah. For future generations. And and the I guess the the biggest protection is uh is the protection of waterways and and significant lands primarily from mining interests and logging interests, right? Anything that's so, gonna destroy it. Exactly. So and there there's always there's always, uh, you know, mining pressures and logging mm-hmm. pressures and, you know, it's... Well, we look at some of the places in the south. Exactly. You yeah. know, yeah. Um, boundary waters. Yeah, so boundary waters. And, and that's still up in the air, whether they can protect it from mining. It's it, it, uh, the, 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 uh, it keeps tipping either way, right? So well, right now there's now, big lawsuits down there. Everybody's joining yes. in these lawsuits to get rid of it. Yes. Yeah. 
but now this is protected. So UNESCO World Heritage Site. So that's 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 really significant. That's really important step towards protecting this land, this area. And you know, I guess the the biggest benefit is people who would be, you know, uh, paddling or fishing or entering these areas. And you you know, you're guaranteed that you know thousands of years from now, you know, as long as humanity and Canada is a, is a thing, you're going to have people canoeing into that area and and uh, you know enjoying the the cultural significant and the natural significance of the area oh yeah now just to sort of go hand in hand with this have you ever done a fly-in canoe trip i have well i did one up into woodland caribou yes you and that was like you did you were 16 days or something or yeah yeah almost three weeks yeah and basically you fly you, you we drove up yeah they fly you in they drop you off in the lake they point to a map and say see you there in three weeks yeah and you, you do your, your tour. The land up there is just, it's something to behold. Mm-hmm. You know, just, just you're going through the different rivers, the lakes. You go through areas that have, you know, as, as bad as you say, there's been forest fires that have raged through. But it's natural forest yes. fires. You know, they weren't man-made forest fires. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're Lightning seeing, strikes and so on. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're seeing nature take its own course. Own course. Yep. You know, when, when you're doing that sort of thing. Um, there isn't big um, portages, big portage trails like you see through Algonquin with signs and, you know, massive, yes. you know, you can take a, a cart through there. There, you know, you see a little pile of rocks yes. on the shore and that's where it starts. And yeah. hopefully you can find the little notches in the tree that yeah. point out, you know, the little blazes that point out. There's so few people to go through yeah. the area that it's really, there's not enough traffic to really beat down a portage. Oh yeah. You know, we were on it. We've stayed on a few sites up there that, you know, nobody's been there in years. Yes. You know, yeah. you, we've been on it. We were on a couple of portages that just ended <laughs> and uh, lucky for us, a couple of them, we could find our way to the next lake, but there was a couple that we had to turn back and do a completely different route. Oh, yeah. We just could not huh. get through. And, yeah, and, and when you're going down some of these rivers and all of a sudden you, you see, uh, someone points out all the, the, the paintings on the on the rocks yeah. that are there, you know, you're just, and you're, oh, yes, you're right yes. up next to them. Yeah. You know, the pictographs are... Petroglyphs? Uh, picto- yeah, the pictographs. Petroglyphs, the petroglyphs yeah. I think, are a bit different, are they not? I don't know. Um... But yeah, they're they're right there on the rocks, mm-hmm. and you're like you're right like two feet from them. Yeah, and you're seeing these things, and and how long they've been there, and and who painted them. Yeah. And so it's like it's like two types of a trip that you're taking. One is a historical trip, because you're seeing, you know, all this stuff that that's been there forever, that have been there by by yes. the First Nations people that were there before we were even. You know, yeah. before the Europeans came across. It's amazing to to pass through these areas and, and just to think of the, the, the history. This It's all steeped in so much history. Yeah, well, and that's exactly it. And you're seeing this stuff. And then along with that, you're seeing the nature aspect of it all. You know, you're seeing the, 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 the caribou and the moose and the... We saw uh, big swans up there and all the types of birds and beavers and, and all that sort of stuff you're seeing up there. Um, we wanted to see, they have some caribou up there, but didn't see any, unfortunately, okay. I was disappointed, but you know, and you're doing the fishing and stuff like that. Massive fish, the pike and like, yeah, there's one so big, we no, couldn't land it. There's no overfishing pressure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there, there's certain lakes, big lakes where there's uh, a couple of lodges. Yes. Right. So there's a lot of, pre- but I mean, 
you're talking a few people a year. Like, yeah. Even even couple if it's a dozen, a yeah. couple of dozen people a yeah. year. It's still not. You're enough still to fish nothing out like yeah. yeah. You're not fishing that thing out. Mm-hmm. You know. But to go out there and not see anybody for a week, and then you see somebody. Yeah. And then you don't see anybody else for a week, and then you see somebody. Yeah. You know, and that that's cool. It is cool. It's it's neat to be in a remote area like that, and know that like you know and the, uh, I've gone through. Uh, you know, Solace Wildlands, uh, Lady Evelyn, Smooth Water, and, and other areas like that. And it's, uh, when you look at the statistics of, of the number of people that do, you know, pass through those areas, they're, they're only, t- you're talking like one or two dozen, you know, a year canoeing groups that go through yeah. there. And that, that's it. Yeah. It's, it's very, there's not very many people that go into these deeper areas. Well, you got to think their, their snows come earlier. Yes. And their, their ice stays later. Yeah. So even exactly. their seasons mm-hmm. shorter, but to to be or have been, where now that you're you're seeing like man it'd be it'd be a shame to see this stuff destroyed, and now to see that it's been protected yes. as a UNESCO World Heritage it's, Site, it's a good thing. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. But as for fly-in canoe trips, if you've never done a fly-in canoe, and I I don't know why, I never. I guess I just never thought of doing one before because a lot of people were just into the doing yeah. the like the Algonquin parks and stuff and mm-hmm. easy, yes. you know, we'll just park and paddle in sort of thing. Yeah. Um, then I got invited on this one trip and I'm thinking, well, you know, whatever. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go. We'll check mm. it out and see what it's like. And right from the get go, like the minute you show up and you unload your vehicle, get the canoe over by the docks and you see the planes, it's yeah. just like. Oh, this is gonna be cool, you <laughs> yes, know. Yeah, and seeing everything from the air, the 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 land you're going to paddle through. Yes, with all the lakes and all the trees and everything, you're seeing it everything from the air. Yeah, which also is it's not really it doesn't really help because you're not seeing it from the perspective that you're going to see it yeah. from the water. But it's pretty cool just to look. Oh, out it is along yeah. the horizon. Absolutely. You got the headphones on. You, well, yeah. we went up in the old beavers and that, right? Yes. And you're 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 hearing the noise, the old bush plane going, yeah. and you you look down and there's your canoe strapped to the to the floats, yeah. and you're thinking, this is it. This, this is, awesome. is a trip. Yeah. Right. This is this is what canoe tripping is supposed to be. Way up north, exactly. You yeah. fly in. You got the canoe sitting on the on the pontoon. They're gonna drop you off, and they're gonna go. And that's what they do. They land in this lake, and you're thinking like, "This is cool, right?" Yeah. Because you think, "Oh no, I, I, no, you're you're taking off from the water." No, 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 no. You're gonna land on. Oh, we're all gonna yeah. die. Right? But you you take off, and all of a sudden you're just picking up speed. Next thing you know, you're off the water. Yeah. You're like. I really didn't feel that, right? <laughs> and then you're gone, and, and you're flying over, and you're talking to the guy, the pilot, because he knows the area, right? And they're pointing stuff out, and you got your camera going yeah. and taking pictures, and you know you're trying to understand your buddy next to you, but it's like, you know, oh, somebody whispering so at a rock concert. Yeah. You're not understanding yeah, what they're saying. Exactly. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> you know? And then yeah, and then all of a sudden you say, yeah, that's where we're landing, and you're you're coming in, and you're going okay, and then you yeah just dum 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 and all of a sudden you slow right down to the noise of the craft and all that, yeah, and then everything stops, and then as the engine winds down, and then yeah, he gets out, drops your canoe, drops your canoe, you you know somebody you get in, and then he starts passing gear, yeah, and then you putting it into the. And then he pushes you off, say, see, see you later. <laughs> in however many days, weeks, whatever. Yeah. 
and you paddle off and then he starts up and off he goes and then you hear you watch him go and then you hear the droning you can't see him anymore and then it's dead quiet yeah and all you've got is wilderness mm-hmm. around you there's no one for hundreds of kilometers yes no one that you know, you can't just dial up. There's no cell phone signals. Exactly, you can't There's order pizza. There's no <laughs> nothing. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's what flying yeah. canoe trips is like. It was three years ago when we did our trip. It was, uh, we it was we we got dropped off. We didn't get picked up at the end of it. So we got dropped and we paddled out. Mm-hmm. So they, uh, it was there was two groups. So the plane had to make two trips because they're only allowed to carry one canoe yeah they changed that they think they changed that the year before we went up because oh, yeah? we're thinking oh yeah we're just going to need two planes because we got three canoes right yeah. so we'll put two on one yeah. and then one on the other and we're golden right and he goes no you <laughs> one need three canoe, planes yeah. yeah and we're just oh <laughs> man so it's okay well then all of a sudden your share of the profits go or your share of the costs go up it's expensive yeah yeah so it we is, uh, but we flew into uh, Lady Evelyn Smoothwater, and one of the one of the primary goals is we wanted to see uh, we wanted to climb to the peak of Ishpatina Ridge, which is the the highest elevation in Ontario. Mm-hmm. And so we flew into Scarecrow Lake in Lady Evelyn Smoothwater, and uh, they just it just drop you right into a little lake, and they just leave you right. So you paddle away, and he takes off, and so it's it's nice for the fact that you start in the deepest part of the park yeah right and then you just have to work your way out so we came out through uh from uh, lady evelyn uh smooth water out through solace wildlands down the uh, sturgeon down the sturgeon river and then back out to basically where we started where we parked the vehicles right mm-hmm. so it was uh but it's so amazing so neat to be able to fly in and and see the route and and uh you know it's it, it's just an amazing experience. I want to do that with my kids. I would. I want yeah. to do a fly-in trip with the kids and the wife and, and do something like that. I think it would be really cool. Well, you know what? And that's the, the big thing that I did enjoy about it, I mean, we had our big route planned. Uh, we did have to, due to instances beyond our control with Mother Nature, this, the winter beforehand, Yeah. Uh, we did have to detour a route, part of our route. Oh, yeah? When we, yeah. Um, there was a massive couple of storms and they just destroyed like there was the, the forest you could not get through oh yeah wow. yeah there were the blowdowns were that bad yeah. so and that's when i was using my spot unit so everybody says oh look they're going here well wait a minute they're not supposed to be going over there they're, <laughs> they're going this way now and they're supposed to be going this way what's going on what happened yeah <laughs> but when you're out there and you know that you can't just paddle a few hours out yeah you that totally changes the whole dynamic does. of your canoe trip. And even right down to like walking a portage. Like normally just on a lark, you're just out for a day trip or whatever. You just kind of bumble along, who cares? Mm-hmm. But when you're that far in, it kind of weighs on your on your mind. Like it's like, oh, I better watch exactly where I put my feet. Yep. I got to watch exactly what I'm doing because you don't You got to keep an eye out for every blaze. Yeah. yeah. You don't want to stick an accidentally stick an axe in your leg. You don't want to cut a hand. You don't want to trip on a portage and, you know, break an ankle and stuff like that. You are being cautious every moment of the way. Well, funny, you should mention that. <laughs> Why? Day two, one of our guys was making dinner and sliced his thumb wide open. Oh, yeah? Who was that? I won't mention names. 
Was it Marcus? <laughs> no, oh, it wasn't Marcus. Um, but get into the the kit, and and that's that's when you really find out who knows. Oh, backcountry first aid. Yes, right. Um, now I did draw on my training. I did the air crew survival course. Yeah. So basically, if you're playing crashes, here's how to survive. Okay. Right. I did this course in year six weeks, and you know, catching snaring rabbits and living under a parachute yeah. and all that stuff. Right. Um. But yeah, I ended up hooking him up and making sure it was all good and watching it and the whole deal for, you know, the trip. Making sure, and yeah, it was, I don't even think he has a scar today. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Who was on that trip? It was Mark, Scott Rogers? Yeah. Tony. And you and Paul. Tony. Nope, from... Tony, uh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's from Manitoba. No one had ever met him before. Yeah. Really great guy. Really yeah? great. Yeah. Yeah, I like Tony. Um... But no, so we, uh, yeah, so that, I mean, like I say, accidents happen mm-hmm. and you got to know how to, how to deal with those accidents. Yes. You can't panic. You can't freak out. You know what? You just deal with it because yeah. you know what? Crap happens. Yes. And when you're out there in the middle of nowhere, it's not like you can call up and go, yeah, can, can I get an ambulance or yeah. go to the nearest walk-in clinic? Yeah. Or, you got to deal with it. Yeah. And we did. And it, it turned out really, it could have turned the other way. Exactly. Yeah. But you know, it turned out quite well, yeah. and uh, yeah, I, it, it, we all had a great time. And uh, but yeah, it really changes the dynamic of if you're used to to paddling in certain areas, yeah, and then you hop a plane <laughs> and get dropped off in the middle of nowhere, yeah, it is total new experience. Hmm. And if you have not done it, make sure don't do it by yourself. Like don't I shouldn't say don't do it by yourself. Don't do it with a group of people that have never done it before. Somebody's had, yes. Go with somebody yeah. that has done this sort of thing before mm-hmm. because what you think is going to happen, like how things are going to be, it's yeah, there's yeah. going to be stuff that happen, that you have no clue. Yes. You know, you're going to get frustrated and there's going to be parts that you're just waiting and waiting through and you're just like, yeah, well, how do we get around? Well, there is no getting around it. <laughs> you're going through yeah. it. You know, um, you're going to get cuts and bruises and deal with, you, you, there's a whole new world of things you're going to have to deal with when you're out there. Yes. That, yeah, if you go by yourself and you've never dealt with it before, then it's going to be a problem. But if you go out there with people that have experience doing this sort of thing and something crops up, yeah, you know you've got somebody there to deal with it. Yes. And that's not going to panic, not going to go overboard, not going to overreact. Okay, you know what? It's not something to worry about. Do this. We do this. We do this. Boom, 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 boom. It's a, We're good. It's a quick way to learn the character of a person. Yeah. Because yeah. you're in a different situation. It's There's certain stressors on everybody's lives at that point. Yep. And so when it's like, it's like, oh, well, I thought this guy was pretty level-headed, but apparently not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You really do find out all yeah. of a sudden who, who can't handle stress. Yeah. Who can't handle being away from home for long exactly. periods of time. And, you know, like I know people that have gone on these trips yeah, we're, we're out for, for two and a half weeks and then come about one and three quarters weeks, they're like, <sighs> I can't I'm, keep I'm doing done. This. Like, I, yeah. I want to go home now. I, yeah. I've, I've had enough. Well, <laughs> you're, 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 you're in the thick <laughs> of it. <laughs> okay. Well, you know what? I say in a week, we'll work our way back and in a week we should have you home. <laughs> I mean, there's yeah. nothing you can do. But I would definitely, if you are into canoe tripping and have never done it, I would definitely get yourself a group together yes. and do a fly-in. It is more expensive, granted. It is. It's... You know, but the the payoff 
yeah. of the quiet, the isolation, the having areas completely to yourself. Yes. You know, going past, you know, a moose that's maybe have never seen a human or a canoe mm-hmm. before. You know, seeing things that, that not everybody gets to see. Like I say, the rock paintings or, you yeah. know, things like that. To come up to a portage that may not have been used in the last 10 years. Yeah. You know, or, or longer. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It just adds a whole new level. And I'll tell you what, you do it once and you are snake You're bit. Yes. And you want to do You're it hooked. again. So... <laughs> Um, so yeah, glad to hear about the new UNESCO World Heritage Site, Pinocchio Winaki, and Flying Canoe Trippin', do it. Yes. Speaking of Canoe Trippin'. Yes. Yukon Journey Update number five. Yes. So unfortunately we, uh, we couldn't make the logistics work to do the phone interview with... They is paddling. Yes. They should be in. Oh, they want to be. They should be the in border. Alaska by now. They want to be in the first town in Alaska that they reach for. They should July have been 4th. there on the July 4th. Do you remember so the, the name on of the town? Tuesday? Eagle. Eagle? Eagle. Eagle, Alaska. I think it was. Eagle, Alaska. Yeah, they were supposed to be there last, well, two days ago, Tuesday? Um, when was July 1st? 4th. Okay, no, so. Wednesday. They Wednesday, were yesterday. in Dawson. For Canada Day, yeah. and they want to be in Eagle, Alaska for July 4th. July 4th, which was yesterday. So they're, yeah. they're in yes. Eagle. Yes. So yeah, we knew we wouldn't be able to get a get a hold of them. Yeah. So John Van Berger, who's running the YukonJourney.org, yes. the charitable, um, paddle, uh, charitable paddle. Yes, thing. Charitable, <laughs> charitable paddling <laughs> trip. It's uh, it uh, benefits uh, first responders. And yeah. uh, like, you know, uh, firefighters and, and uh, you know, emergency rescuers in the backcountry and stuff like that. Yeah. Bering to the Bering Sea. Yes. Bennett to the Bering Sea. Mm-hmm. Yukonjourney.org. They're, they're raising money. It's 2,000 miles. Because he wanted to say kilometers, but it's more than that, right? So it's 2,000 miles. Yeah. Uh, they're raising money for first responders in North America. Yeah. So they're, you go to Yukonjourney.org. You can follow them. There's a tracking thing, so you'll see where they are. Yeah. You can donate money to them, and all the money raised, all the money donated goes to first responders. Yeah. They're paying for the actual trip themselves. Mm-hmm. So any money people donate goes to first responders. Any money donated by Canadians goes to Canadian first responders. Yeah, isn't that... Any money donated by Americans go to American. He's done an amazing job setting this up. It's, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, very, it's very well done. He's very slick. It's, he's... Uh, He's doing it right. He is. Now, we've joked with him about Dawson City. Yes. You know, um, he did say, <laughs> we were joking last week about uh, uh, gold, Diamond Tooth Gerties. Oh, yes, yes, Diamond yes. Tooth Gerties. And they went. And doing the, seeing the can-can girls yeah. and, ooh, you're going to see some ankles. <laughs> <laughs> and he actually sent us a picture yeah. of some of the dancers and doing the can-can and all yeah. that sort of stuff from Diamond Tooth Gerties. Hilarious. Uh, he sent us a little update because he knew he probably wouldn't be able to, just in case he wouldn't, they couldn't make yeah. contact. He sent us a little update for us to go through. And he calls it 10 Things I Have Learned in Dawson. Now, let it be known, <laughs> July 1st, 
Canada Day. Yes. While they're hopping around celebrating with everybody else there, he runs into this fine-looking fella <laughs> by the name of Justin Trudeau. Yes. He got himself a selfie, which we've actually posted on our site. Yes. On, on uh, Paddling Adventures Radio Facebook so page. Justin Trudeau went to Dawson City. Mm-hmm. In the Yukon, yep, for Canada Day. So, and that's that's one of his ten things he's learned. But he's actually given us eleven things, ten things <laughs> he's learned, and he gives us eleven. Yes. So, well, he does call it a bonus item. Yeah. <laughs> so let's start with number one. Racers in the five hundred mile Yukon River Quest are hardcore paddlers and deserve huge respect. Having a few point pints afterward and talking about their experiences is fascinating. So I guess that's where they, there's a whole bunch of racers there yes. as well, right? Yeah. So he got to chat with them and party with them, have a couple of beers and talk about the yeah. race and, and all that sort of stuff, yeah. which is cool. It is. You know, because you're way up there on the Yukon River and you're talking with people of like mind. Yes. You know, about all yeah. these, all of the paddling and everything else like that. So that's, that's pretty cool. Number two, no matter what you do, the ferry across the Yukon River will always just be pulling away whenever you arrive at the gravel dock. <laughs> and it will likely start raining at that point in time, too. <laughs> that just goes without I saying. I miss the last ferry. You know, that's just, yeah, and it's the last one of the day, yeah. Number three, Fire Chief Jim Regimball and the Dawson City Volunteer Fire Department rock. They raised funds themselves for years to restore an old steam fire engine that was used during the gold rush. It sits in a position of respect next to the fire station uh, and modern firefighting equipment. Cool. And uh, now they had a little, uh, I saw a little thing here, uh, a picture there uh, that they posted. And they actually had a little parade going through town with this. Yep. Right. Yes. And uh, yeah. John and who was hanging off the back with them? I know he was hanging off the back with one of the signs. Okay. One of the flags. Mm-hmm. Um, but with of the thing. So he was act- they were actually on um I think maybe all three of them were on the uh the fire engine as it was oh, going cool. in the parade, which is cool. Good for them. Bouncers at the pit will not be amused when after they tell you they are closed, you turn around and then try to walk in backwards. <laughs> Some people have no sense of humor. <laughs> I'm thinking I could be wrong. I could just be assuming I don't want to be judgmental, but I think at this point he's had a few to drink. <laughs> Could be wrong. But, but in theory, it seems to work. Yeah, oh, you think? I'm, I'm, I'm not, not entering. And I'm, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. Yeah, time's going backwards. <laughs> Number five. Cute European bicyclists use Sea to Summit dry bags to carry a large amount of beer or wine to their campsite in the wee hours of a Dawson City, <laughs> a Dawson City Saturday night. Okay. <laughs> Dawson's Canada Day Parade alone is worth the trip to the far north. Whether you are paddling or not, it's better, of course, after you have been paddling, though. Watch, watching it is great. Being invited to participate and ride on an old fire truck with the ch- fire chief and Yukon Territory Premier Sandy Silver is just plain awesome. That is pretty cool. So that's cool. They're like celebrities now. We're not going to be able to talk to him anymore. Yeah, I know. He's going to be too big for our show now. Yeah, we can't afford him anymore. Yeah, we can't afford Now he's going to want money. <laughs> <laughs> Number seven. I do not seem to tire of watching the Yukon River pass by at any time of day or night. Okay. It's just any time of day because right now that's all there is. No night. Just day. 
and a little bit of gray around 4 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wondering when he wrote this. <laughs> yeah. It would be neat to be up there and, and be exposed to that environment. Eh? 24 hours daylight. Yeah. It's like, yikes. <laughs> Just nonstop, eh? Yeah. Uh, number eight of the 10 things I have learned in Dawson. When a local asks if you live in town, it means that you are probably now part of the colorful 5% or you have enough river funk on you that you look like a miner at the end of a shift. Either way is huge compliment. <laughs> That's awesome. So he looks like a local now. Apparently. <laughs> he's got enough river funk on him. <laughs> Number nine. Prime Minister Trudeau is one handsome man. Love him or hate him, that fella is a charismatic stunner. Okay, so now he's, he's had a few extra to drink. <laughs> He's ready he's, to make passes. He's at making passes at our prime minister now, right? <laughs> uh, and for anybody that's not been following this uh, journey update, John is uh, lives in Wisconsin. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So he's crossed. He's crossed a couple of borders to, you know, make some passes at Justin. <laughs> and number ten, run your battery down on your cell phone before you go out partying in Dawson. I think this is something learned from last visit. You absolutely do not want photographic evidence or drunken text detailing oh, what yes. you have been up to. So you need to purposely kill your battery so that yeah. you I can't think there was stories. accidentally take pictures or do drunken texting. Yeah, I think there was drunken texting <laughs> back home last time. <laughs> Number 11 bonus item. I honestly wish I could move here. Paddle the Yukon regularly. Go to Bombay Peggy's. Have to have drinks and conversation with the locals and meet some of the world's nicest and coolest people. I will miss this place no matter how much the bearing is calling. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Again, the top 10 things I have learned in Dawson by John Van Berger. Yukonjourney.org. Go there, check out where they are, check out what it's all about. Uh, if you got a couple extra pennies, donate them. Uh, help out first responders. And check, click on the uh, the map that lets you follow where they are along their journey, and they should be in Eagle, Alaska, right now. Yes. And hopefully by next week we'll have made contact with John again, and we'll get update number six. Perfect. All right, let's take a quick uh, break here, and uh, we'll come back because I have a product review <laughs> and fan mail. Oh yes, fan yeah, mail. Yeah, we got fan mail. All right, we'll be right back. Hi, this is Dark Sparst. You're listening to Paddling Adventures Radio. If you like what you've been hearing, you can find out more by checking us out at paddlingadventuresradio.com, as well as on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. You can find all of our episodes on iTunes, Google Play, and the episode page for our website, where all our podcasts are available for download or streaming. We love to hear from our listeners, so if you have a suggestion for the show or want to let us know how we're doing, please drop us a line. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka, and Halliburton. Welcome back. So, book club. Yes, book club. 
I read your book. Yes. The Great Heart. Great Heart. Right. About the History Labrador of journey. A Labrador adventure. Mm-hmm. Quite enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, as people that recommended it to us said, yep. you would enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Martin. That's Martin I enjoyed Garster. it. Martin Garster put me on this book, and uh, I, I ordered it right away. He uh, he was uh, he was very he really really enjoyed the book, and apparently you agree. Mm-hmm. It's very good, and yeah. maybe sometime in the next decade. I'll two read out it. of two friends of yours agree. <laughs> this book is five stars. <laughs> <laughs> so I apologize because one of the pages has a squished mosquito on it. Yeah. And the next page has some of my blood on it from said squished mosquito. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. It adds authenticity. Yes. Because they talk about the bugs. And now I have your DNA if I want to clone you. Oh, there you go. Oh, yeah, clone <laughs> lots of me, man. You'll want them. So, doing the book club, I we get we get emails from from people that like the show and whatnot. Mike Madams from Burford, Oxfordshire. Over in England. Yes. Sent us an email uh, saying he really enjoys the show. Uh, he listens, like a lot of people, he listens to the show while going back and forth to work. They, yes. People download it, they listen to it in the car, that yeah. sort of thing. It says, living out dreams of Canadian canoe trips and fantastic landscapes you describe, which is cool. It says, recently I've been enjoying your book club feature. Thought I could point you both towards Bill Mason's books on the subject. Two I have are Song of the Paddle and Path of the Paddle, which he f- thinks are very fantastic reads. Uh, he says, to me, they are an immediate go-to reference for almost anything I want to know about canoe camping, and I've learned so much cool stuff from them. He's always surprised by the people that don't know Bill Mason. Yes. And, and uh, the two of us, we've talked at length about Bill Mason. Yeah. I mean, we've talked, we've even talked with Becky, yes. his daughter, yes. right? Yes, yeah. And I guess from our point of view, being uh, being Canadians, sort of take it for granted I that agree. people know yeah. who Bill Mason is. Yeah. Especially, you know, being canoe trippers and yeah. that, that sort of thing. Um, so I sent him back an email saying, yeah, you know, you know who you are. You, you can check out his films and stuff. So... You know, like I say, we take for granted to, well, I don't know for granted, but um, the things we have here in the way of canoe tripping opportunities. Oh, absolutely. Like we talked earlier yeah. about the fly-in, the fly-in yeah. uh, canoe tripping and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, the, all the wilderness that we have mm-hmm. to explore compared to other countries that are yes. limited. Here in North America, Canada, US, it's we have such a easy and and amazing access to backcountry areas and canoe oh. tripping and yeah it, it's incredible and and we do kind of we, we br- kind of brush off the significance of how what is what a resource we have here in north america definitely definitely so along that lines maybe we're also taken for granted that everybody knows bill mason <laughs> yes when yeah. yeah you know what maybe maybe not so bill mason if, if I'm just going to point this out, and I sent, I did send it to Mike, um, and again, thank you very much, Mike, for your for your email here. Love to get the emails from from people knowing, like I say, all the way from England that, that are, are listening to our podcast. Uh, Bill Mason is on the National Film Board of Canada. Yes. So if you just go to the National Film Board of Canada, 
www.nfb.ca, you can search by yes. directors. Search Bill Mason, and they will come up with a bunch. Now, he's done films that are not canoe-related. Like, there's Wolf, uh, Call of the Wild, I think it is. Oh, okay. Um, he's done a couple of Searching for the Bowfin Whale. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Blake. Uh, it's about his buddy who flies a biplane. Oh, okay. Right? That sort of thing. Um, so he's done those as well. But if you go to the National Film Board of Canada site and Google or search for yeah. Bill Mason under directors, and they'll come up with all his films that they've got. Yeah. And you can stream them live and watch them. I'll do it something like, like Water Walker. Mm-hmm. I've seen that film so many times. I've probably yeah. seen it about 40 times. <laughs> but now when I'm at work, I'll play it in the background. Oh, okay. I don't even need to see it. Yes. I listen to the audio and I, I know exactly what's happening in the mm-hmm. film at that point. You don't point. need to see it anymore. I know when he's coming down the river. I know when he's walking up the, the hills and looking over the Sudbury region. And, you know, I know when he's sitting there and he's painting you know, what the, the the waterfall looks like when he's talking about his oh, favorite okay. painter and all that sort of stuff. So you get to know that. So, yeah, I, I just listen now rather than listen to music, right? But if you go go in and search for Bill Mason on the National Film Board of Canada, you have Path of the Paddle series. He does a doubles basic, a doubles whitewater, a solo basic, and a solo whitewater film. So four separate films that he does. Mm-hmm. And I think they're only like 20 minutes long, something like that. Yeah. Um, the solo white water, I think it is. He does a bit of canoe pulling. Okay, yes, right, yeah. which is of course yeah. one of our things. He's got one called Puckasaw National Park, and that's about the Puckasaw region north uh, Superior. Yep. Um, the rise and fall of the Great Lakes, and he talks of it's a sort of an environmental thing, talking about the pollution in the Great Lakes, and you know the big ships and how they, you know, the water rise falls and all that sort yeah. of stuff. Song of the Paddle which is basically his family on a big canoe trip, right, when the kids were younger. Mm-hmm. Uh, Water Walker. Yeah, and classic, I, th- I think Water Walker is the one that most people will be familiar with. Yeah, yeah. And the big one now, as and I'm finding, I thought everybody in school saw this one. Yeah. Because it, it used to be on, like, TV, TVO, and um, you used to watch it. A, I saw it a few times in school and, and whatnot. Paddle to the Sea. That is a classic Bill Mason film. Yeah? Yeah, the native boy carves the little oh, that's the Indian one. in the in the canoe and he sets him in the snow in the winter, in the spring. Yeah. And then when everything starts melting, he goes shooting down, he down goes the, through all the, street, the great lakes, down ditches and yeah, down all the great lakes and out mm-hmm. into the ocean. Yeah. Right? Um that a classic Canadian a Canadian classic film right there. But yeah, you know, like like Mike says, you 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 start to think like how many people don't know Bill Mason? Yeah. And yeah. do we do we as Canadians take this for granted that this is here? Like the the the, yeah. the canoe trippers. Do we take it for granted that this is here? You got to ask yourself. Yeah, I think we do. You know, like like I'm always conscious, yeah, this is all here mm-hmm. and I can get to it and some of it's farther away that, you know, well, I could get to it if I tried, but I know it's there. Yeah. You know, and, and things like this are, are here. I can just click on this and watch the movie, and I can go to where Bill Mason paddled and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Right? So, but, uh, Mike, thanks for your your uh, email here, and I uh, hope you continue to listen to the show and enjoy it. And anybody else that's out there, if there's certain things that you really enjoy or think that we'd like to cover on our show, drop us a little uh, line here, a little email. Um, you can say sean at paddlingadventuresradio.com. 
Yep. Uh, you can go to our website and uh, paddlingadventuresradio.com and there's a little contact us page there. You can send us something, a uh, little note on Facebook, all that sort of stuff. You can, you can find us and uh, just drop us a note. Tell us what you what you think of our show and tell us, you know, what you enjoy about it and things that, you know, your thoughts on paddling. We'd, li- we'd like to hear from you. And uh, what else do I got? Last thing of the night. Oh, yes, product review. A product review. The Platypus Gravity Works Pump-Free Water System Instruction Manual in English. It's a very popular water-making system. I have been using the pump-style MSR pumps for years yeah, me and too. years yeah. and years. I've gone through two of the MSR water pumps. Well, I went through one. It finally died after yeah. about... 15, 16 years, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I got a new one, which I've been using. Yeah. Um, I have some problems with it where it's not filtering. I don't know if it's the filter or what it is. It's just not doing it properly. It takes too long. But when I was out with Marcus Rubino from markinthepark.com last September, we went into Roseberry in Algonquin. Okay. That was actually my wife's first canoe trip, interior oh, yeah? canoe trip. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um. He showed me because we've you we've looked at these. I've been I've been with a few people that have had these bag type gravity filters before. Yeah. And when they first came out, they had the the filter was like you picture a bag, along like a tall bag, and you fill it with like four liters of water. There's a filter at the bottom with a tube coming out. Yeah. The water gravity pulls the water through that filter down that tube. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. Well, all the crap that's in the water yeah. settles into the There's, top of the filter yeah. and clogs it yeah. constantly. Direct path right to the filter. And I'm just, you know what? They're useless. Yeah. Absolutely. They're, they're more hassle because if you're not paying attention, you look over thinking you got two liters, four liter, or liter, whatever of water yeah. filtered. And there's nothing because the the crap that was in the water has yeah. clogged the filter. Yeah. So you got to go over, grab the bag, turn it upside down to get the water, the, the crap out, <laughs> flip it back over and let the water go again. Yeah. It's like, oh. Well, Marcus has one of these Platypus Gravity Works. Okay. And the massive change that they've done is they've taken that filter outlet from the dead center bottom. Off to the side. Off to the side. So, so anything that settles will settle, settle out on the bottom. Not in the filter. Not to the filter. The filter, the water goes out a little tube on the bottom side. Yeah. Then through the filter, through another tube, into a holding bag. Yeah. So it is two bags. Yeah. The whole kit and caboodle is 11 ounces. Mm-hmm. It's not heavy at all. Yeah. So you scoop into the top bag. The dirty bag. And they list it. Dirty bag, clean bag. Yeah. Well, which you, is cool. Exactly. So the dirty bag, you scoop four liters of water. You hang it up high. Water, gravity pulls the water out the little tube at the side. Yep. Through the filter. And lower down, lay, I, I lay it on the on the ground, mm-hmm. is the clean bag. And it fills up. Yeah. With the clean water. Then you can hang that one. And then what you do is you can go fill up. The dirty water bag again and hang it. So as you're emptying water out of the clean bag, any room 
that's made from like if you take a liter out of the clean bag, yeah. a liter will now filter out of the dirty bag. Yeah. So you've got eight yeah. liters of water sitting there. Yes. Right? Which is so awesome, so much faster than the hand pumping. Yeah. Especially at base camp. It's a nice system. And I, I I've had uh, I've had a gravity not the platypus, but I've had a gravity filters in the past. And I I find it's just amazing what it does provide you is uh it it's water purification in the background. So you're not just you you know, just you can do other things. You can set up your tent, you can get camp ready while you're making water. Yeah. As opposed to before, I've had some of the old MSR ceramic filter hand pump things, and you're you're sitting there on the edge of the lake and just you know, you're you're pumping hammering away. away. Yeah, pumping well, see, away. and that pumping that's away. what I've got. Now I will take I still take mine on my day trips. The I've pump? I've got the ceramic one, the, the MSR. Yeah. I still have that when I'm, you know, like right at my feet because okay. you're you're not hanging eight liters of water, no. you know, four liter bag yeah. while you're, while you're paddling. Yeah. It's not right. Happen. So I'll stop in the middle of the lake while you're having, you know, you're, you're, if you're drifting and having lunch or something, Yeah. you know, and then I'll just throw that over. I'll top up the water bottles or something like that. Whoever's in the front, I'll say, throw me your water bottle. Yeah. I'll top them up while we're munching away and wrap it all back up, throw it in my day pack or whatever. And, and you're off and going. Right. Yeah. Um, but to get to shore, like to scoop up four liters, of water in and the that's bag. That's a lot of water. It is. To get to shore, you hang that, you get all your gear ready, you're setting up your tent if 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 it's you're you're just there for, you know, landing there for the first time. Or if you've gone out for day paddle, you come back, you get your water, you get changed and all that sort of stuff. And by the time you're you're changed, you got your dry shoes on, you're out of your your paddling clothes for the day or whatever and you're starting to make dinner, you've got four liters of water. It only takes two and a half minutes mm-hmm. to do it. And then it's golden. Now, to show you how easy this is, my wife has never used any sort of water filtration before, ever. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I'm always doing it. I'm always pumping the water, filtering. All she does when it comes to water is I hand her an algae filled with Mm-hmm. A liter of water. Yeah. Here you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. There's your water. Uh, when it's empty, she passes it back, and I filter more water. She was able to go down, fill this up, plug the tube in, hang it up. Make water. And water was... There is, there is no skills required. Yeah, it's super easy. It is and super easy. What I like about this type thing with the two-bag system, with the clean water, dirty water bags... Is like my gravity filter is, you hang the bag from a tree. If it drains down into a water bottle and and whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So when I make water with it, I don't know how many times I've come back and it's like, oh, overflowed. Yes. So I'm constantly overflowing and wasting the filter just because you know I, I put you know one liter in the water bottle and two liters on the ground. <laughs> yes. So I'm yes, feeding the there, trees done that. Guilty water. is charged. And what's nice about this is that with the clean bag, dirty bag system, you when the clean bag is filled, it just stops filtering just because it's it, the the bag pressurizes and yeah. no more flow. So you're not wasting water. You're not wasting filter capacity. You're not clogging unnecessarily a filter by dumping water onto the ground. Yeah, and when there's only two of us, then we didn't have the ec- the, the the eight liters. Yeah, we would filter four liters. Yeah, and that was it. 
Yeah. And it, you know what? It comes out of that bag, the, the clean bag. I mean, it went filter. It comes out pretty quick. So yeah. you sit there. There is, there is no real reason for you to walk away from filling up yes. your, your Nalgene. Mm-hmm. You know what? You just fill it up and you see it. I mean, you just see it rising, the water <laughs> level rising. Yeah. You click it. There's a little clamp thing that clicks it and stops the water from flowing. Yes. You put the lid on your thing, uh, on your Nalgene, and off you go. Bob your uncle. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I picked up one of those after we saw Mark Marcus use one last year, and I've I've really happy with it. Hundred and forty dollars Canadian. At uh, I went over to sale and got okay. it. Okay. Uh, I think the I think Mountain Equipment Co-op sells them as well. Um, but they tend to be about the same same yeah. price anymore. Yeah. Hundred and forty bucks. They do the eight liter ones. They go fast. Yeah. I went to get one after. Well, I mean it was fall. But the lazy, yeah, they go, they, they go fast. Yeah. Uh, so I went in the spring here. When was that? May, I guess. April, May. I went and picked one up and it was the last one they had already. Uh-huh. So I don't know how many, they, they got to have ordered more by now. But if you're looking for a new, uh, water filtration for backcountry canoeing and camping. Yep. The Platypus Gravity Works Pump-Free Water System. That's the way to go. It is the way to go. So check it out. Uh, go online, Google it, that sort of thing. Find one that's close to you. Like I say, sales sells them. Um, all your, your, usually where you get your outdoor gear will probably sell them. Yes. But Google it, check it out. And uh, yeah, it gives my five-star rating. That's for sure. Definitely for sure. So let's take a quick break. And when we come back, uh, we'll see what else we got going. Hey, this is Sean Rowley, and you're listening to Paddling Adventures Radio. To find out more about us, check out our website, paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Current and past episodes of our podcast can be downloaded or streamed from iTunes, Google Play, and the episode page of our website. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for the show, we would love to hear from you. So drop us a line on Facebook or our website. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the show. Welcome back. Well, that's about it for this week, Derek. Uh, what do we got? We got the new U- UNESCO World Heritage Site. Fantastic. Pimashiowin Aki, uh, Ontario-Manitoba border. Tons of canoe tripping possibilities up there. 30,000 square kilometers. Huge, huge. <laughs> Flying canoe tripping, if you haven't done it, yes. do it. You will not regret it. Do it with somebody that's done it before, though. Uh, National Film Board of Canada, nfb.ca. Check out Bill Mason. Stream his videos, his films. Um, you know, when you're, like I say, when you're at work and stuff like that, you just have them go in the background. Sit down and watch them all. Yes. Fantastic. I do believe they give you the option to buy them and download them too. I've seen that. Yeah. yeah. So do that. Yukonjourney.org. Check them out. Follow them on uh, their inReach, on their maps to you can see where they are. Uh, if you got a few pennies, donate. And that's about it. Yay. So if you want to find out more about us, paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. You can listen to all our episodes on iTunes or Google Play. And they've got them every. We just Google it. We find out they're everywhere now. And you can find them on our paddlingadventuresradio.com site under the... Um, episodes page 
all of the episodes, 125 of them including <laughs> this one, yep. episode 125, are they're all there that you can download or stream for free. Enjoy them while you're driving, enjoy them while you're paddling, enjoy them while you're snoozing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Whatever. It's all good. I do that. I listen to some puts stuff. Puts me to sleep. Yeah. Puts me to sleep every time. <laughs> yes, saw who I had to work with. <laughs> anyway, I'd like to thank everybody for listening this week. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek Sprecht. We'll see you next time.